Hi, and welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast that's all about connecting moms through real parenting conversations. I believe that moms have so much insight and knowledge, and together we are powerful. On this podcast, we give moms a voice to tell their stories, share their expertise and resources through real conversations. And this week, we're joined by Amber Trueblood. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a best-selling author, speaker, and mother of four sons. She has over 25 years of experience in mental health and co-founded the Mecca Project to help teens and young adults thrive mentally and emotionally through conscious awareness. Amber has been featured in People, Oprah Magazine, CNN, Motherhood Maternity, and Good Day LA. And today she's here to talk about the five anxiety styles and tools that help moms decrease overwhelm and anxiety. Hi, Amber. Welcome to Real Life Moms. I am excited about our conversation today because you are the author of The Unflustered Mom, where you discuss the five anxiety styles and strategies to reduce overwhelm and anxiety. So thank you for coming on the show. I can't wait to just dive in this with you and learn more about these different anxiety styles. Thank you, Lisa. I'm excited to dig in. Maybe you could just start a little bit about telling us about your background and what you do. Sure, of course. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm an author, a speaker, and I'm mom to four boys. And they now are 10, 12, 14, and 15 years old. We live in like North County, San Diego for the last several years. And I'm loving it, loving the sun here. So nice because I'm Colorado, so it's raining. And right. usually snowing, but yeah. <laughs> you you have something like the most sunny days though, right? I've read something. 360 sunny days. It's just not, it could be snowing and sunny, but right. yes, it's always sunny, which is really nice. Yeah. I, I realized after a stint in Toronto, how much, you know, the sun, even if it's cold, I need to see the sun. The gray skies just don't, don't do it for me. It's uplifting to have the sun. It yes. makes us feel good, right? Yes. And now you have so much about anxiety and anxiety style. So I, I, the sun can really play into this as well, right? Make us feel better. Yeah, <laughs> but- it really can. I mean, one of the things that, you know, that I love to start this topic out with for people who are like, oh, you know, I don't have a problem with this. Like, I'm not an anxious person. Or like, I kind of do a little bit, but what, you know, what exactly are they talking about? Or I've had anxiety forever and nobody can tell me anything I don't already know about it. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so regardless of like where you fall, where your listeners fall on that kind of spectrum, I want to say this. I always start by saying that, you know, anxiety is not one size fits all, right? It looks very different because we're all different humans. And, you're going to be triggered by different things than I'll be triggered by. And, you know, your anxiety will be sparked differently than mine. Our reactions will be different. So the symptoms that kind of show up in our lives when we feel anxious are going to look very different person to person. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it follows that what's going to help you maneuver through that and feel better is probably going to be different than what helps me maneuver through it and feel better. And so the five anxiety styles is my framework for helping people better understand their unique anxiety style so that they can both have a little bit more compassion for themselves and understanding. Because sometimes we have this like, why am I so anxious about this? Like nobody else is freaking out, but I'm freaking out. And then we have a lot of like self-judgment that as moms, like we don't need to add to that. Mm-hmm. in my opinion, you know? Totally. So, so part of it is like understanding yourself better so that you can give yourself a break and move mm-hmm. on, give yourself permission to feel how you feel so that the, you can get to the good part, which is the tools and strategies that'll work specifically for you so that you can get better and feel better and do what you want to do and be the person you want to be in your life and show up in a way that feels good. I love that it's so individualized that it's not like here, yes, I have anxiety, I'm nervous about this, I'm anxious about this. It's so individualized that there could be specific things that are triggering it. And if we know those things, we could do something about that. I love that. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I, I have to say, how did you even come up with this concept? Okay, so I'll take you back. It's take been back. about three, three years, three months in in the making here. So it really began, you know, my background is in psychology. So I, you know, have studied and thought about it. And I'm an obsessive 
self-development, self-help reader. Um, I read all kinds of stuff, but I read a lot mm-hmm. in that category too. And, you know, one of the reasons why I really wanted to become a writer was, you know, I wanted to try to help impact as many people as I could at a time um, because, well, you'll find out later, I'm a, I'm a dynamo anxiety or <laughs> kind of achievement junkies, so to speak. And so I liked the idea of more, better, faster, more people, you know, bigger impact. And one-on-one therapy was just kind of too slow and tedious for my personality style. And, you know, with the books that you read when your kids are young, often about parenting, to me, didn't fit the bill. It was like, okay, well, this worked for one of my kids, but not the other. And it worked when they were two, but it doesn't work now that they're 12, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I got really frustrated with putting my life in other people's hands, even the experts and, and then feeling like I failed. And so I'm all about, you know, gathering a lot of tools and then helping people navigate for themselves because you know yourself best, you know, Mm -hmm. your values, you know, your family dynamics, you know, your priorities, you know, your personality, and you know, your what's important to you right now at this point in time. And so, you know, my writing is all about helping people really acknowledge that so that they can then say, oh, okay, this, these are the three strategies say that I'm going to need. Oh, this is the one I'm going to use for in the moment dealing with my anxiety or feelings of overwhelm. This is what I'm going to use for like a preventative daily strategy. And this is like kind of the communication tactic that I'm going to add to my like repertoire, my toolbox, so to speak, so that I can kind of minimize the amount of miscommunication and, you know, frustration that, you know, that can come up when, when you're, you know, connecting with people and you're just not understanding each other. I kind of went off on a tangent there. You asked me where it came from. (laughs) I will get there. (laughs) So in March of 2020, you know, the, the planet had kind of shifted. And what I saw was, you know, a lot of what everybody saw, you know, a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of anger. And, you know, it, broke my heart, frankly, you know, seeing, um, you know, families torn apart, communities torn apart, marriages, really, you know, a lot of strife put on a lot of pressure put on people's relationships. And I thought, man, you know, we all we all want the same things. We all want to feel safe. You know, we all want to feel loved. We all want opportunity for our children. We want our children to be safe and protected. Like at the bottom line, I felt, you know, we all want the same thing. So why this huge disconnect and so much anger and hurt and frustration? And I thought about, you know, something we learn in Psych 101, which is this Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I was kind of pondering that. And then I was thinking about um, the five love languages, which is a framework that's been around for decades now. That's about, you know, kind of these five main ways that people give or receive love. And when you understand that maybe you give and receive love, you know, through words of affirmation and your partner likes to give and receive love through say acts of service. But if you don't know that about yourself and you don't know that about each other, you could both be really feeling unloved, even though you're giving the type of love that you want to receive. Does that make sense? Yeah. I love the love languages. Right. Yes. So I was like, what if there was a framework so that people could understand oh, this is what's driving my anxiety, but that's what's driving your anxiety. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe I can then have a little bit more compassion for you, Lisa, and maybe you can have a little bit more compassion for me. And then, you know, I can help communicate to you, hey, these are the kinds of things that are going to help me move Mm -hmm. through this. And what do you need? And then we can both feel better individually, but also maybe feel reconnected because there's not this you know, taking it personally that you're reacting differently. And I don't understand that. Right. I I can see it not only just helping the person that, Mm -hmm. you know, has the anxiety and knows their anxiety type, but for others around them to know how to give what they need and also not to take offense to certain ways that maybe that person is reacting even. Right. Because when we take responsibility for our own emotional reaction, then our partner's you know, most people, it's very human, you know, if we feel attacked, 
we kind of um, react. <laughs> yeah. But if we feel somebody is taking responsibility, like, hey, I know I'm triggered right now. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It just really, that's where my brain goes when I, you know, come home and you're, you're not here and I don't know why you're late and it makes me think all these crazy things and, you know, and, and you can communicate about it, it more effectively instead of, you know, well, where are you? What happened? Why didn't you text me that you were going to be late? And, you know, and meanwhile, then if you get a reaction like that, you're, you're probably, unless you've done this for a long time and you already kind of inherently know, you, you might react hostily back. And then that just spirals. Right. And, and that your family who is not texting or calling you because would know that that's so important to you because yes. it is a trigger, right? Exactly. So it's going both ways. Yeah. I, lo I love that. I love the five love languages. And when I heard about your five anxiety styles is why I was like, I have to know these <laughs> because this is like the next love language in my family. I use them all the time and I guarantee I'm going to walk away from this conversation using these anxiety styles. So oh, I'm so, so glad. Yes. Yeah. So like, you know, the, you know, this framework, before I go into like a little bit about each one, mm -hmm. each one of these has, you know, kind of core drivers. They have, you know, that are related to their triggers. Then we have core like contributing factors that came through your, you know, childhood experiences or early life experiences. Each anxiety style is going to have superhero traits. So, you know, when you have a certain anxiety style, just like love languages, you develop certain you know, traits and qualities that are amazing, that really serve you and that not everybody has, not everybody can do those things. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's stop and like celebrate those and really acknowledge those. And then maybe let's look at where is this anxiety style not serving you in your life right now? And then that's where we want to look to the strategies and see. And I always break it up. I have in the moment strategies um, and I literally break it down to like, you have one minute great. You have 10 minutes. Great. You, oh, you have 30 minutes. Okay. Here are 30 minute strategies. And then I break down the preventative strategies to like daily. Okay. Here's what I would recommend daily. And it's never like 45 minutes. It's never going to take that long. It's always short mm -hmm. and sweet. Um, here's what I recommend like throughout your day. Okay. Every time you wash your hands, you're going to do this one mantra. Or you're going to do this little breath thing, or, you know, you do this little neuro hack. Um, here's a once a week strategy. And then I have for each one, a once a year strategy that mm. is that does take a little bit longer. It's more like a 30 minute thing. Um, and then overall, you'll hear me and I'm not going to touch on obviously each one of these things for each category, but I just want you to know that that they they exist. And I go into more detail in the book. Um, and each one has kind of an overall life lesson, like mm. what what and and so I will share those. And if I forget, you know, please remind me because I think people find those you know, interesting. And in the book, then I also go through like, you know, if you're a, an executive and I'm a visionary, or if you're a dynamo and I'm a fighter, or if you're a lover and I'm a visionary, where are we kind of in alignment? Where's mm -hmm. ways that we can kind of find common ground, especially in a challenging situation? Um, and where might we be kind of at odds? And how do you, like, what can you do about that? What strategies can you use when you don't really see eye to eye? You don't really function. You don't really make decisions in the same way. So how do you move forward from that? Uh, okay. I'm excited to hear about these, but I have a question before mm -hmm. starting. Yes. It sounds like we can all figure out this. So is this also for obviously husbands and, yeah. but also what about kids? So it's interesting, you know, I don't love putting labels on kids too early, right? Because, you know, they change so much. And even, you know, pre-puberty and after puberty, you know, their personalities are still forming and evolving. So I would just, you know, I would cautiously, you know, um, as you're reading this, you can say, oh, you know, I think that like, Corbin is a lover and like, go ahead and use those strategies and see if you get a positive result from it. But I do think that most kids are still, you know, it's still forming, it's still developing, and mm -hmm. it might shift a little bit. Whereas mm -hmm. with adults, um, you know, you might have one dominant and one kind of close second, but more or less, your core driver is going to stay pretty constant, you know, mm -hmm. through your adult lifetime.
Does that oh. answer your question? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So, okay, tell me about these styles. Okay, so I'm <laughs> going to tell you the five, and you can pick which one you want to go first on because I think you took the quiz already. Right? I did take Ooh. the quiz. I okay. would have you guess what I am that we just met. So I, I know I don't. Know I don't think to... that's fair. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm going to give okay. you the five. So we have lover, fighter, executive, visionary, and dynamo. You might know that you're a lover if you noticed on Instagram or Facebook or whatever your social media is of choice that, you know, a bunch of your colleagues or a bunch of your girlfriends got together last week and you saw all these posts of pictures of them at dinner and they're toasting and they're laughing and you never heard anything about it. And in addition to feeling kind of the, the common, you know, maybe hurt or disappointment or confusion, your mind immediately goes to, oh my gosh, is one of them mad at me? Did, did They don't like me. They like planned this specifically without me. They don't like me. They didn't want me there. And oh my gosh. And you just start to spiral on it. So you, if, you, if that resonates with you, then you're likely to be a, a lover mom. Mm -hmm. So the fighter mom, you might know your fighter mom. And please take the whole quiz because this is just like a snippet, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the fighter mom is you know, you might know you're a fighter mom if friends and family like your entire life have said things to you like, Lisa, why are you even getting involved in that? It has nothing to do with you. Like, why, why are you even involved in that? Like, maybe it's a conflict. Maybe it's a, a bullying situation. Maybe it's some sort of in unfairness or injustice that happened and doesn't have anything to do with you. It doesn't have any impact on you or your family, but you are impelled to get involved. Mm -hmm. cannot not get involved. Okay. Uh, you might know you're a dynamo if you not only have a to-do list, because of course you will have a to-do list as a dynamo, um, but you will add items to your to-do list that you have already done so that you can feel the satisfaction of checking it off. <laughs> okay. You laughed. I'm guessing maybe, maybe. Maybe. I'm maybe. going to tell, tell you after you okay. do the rest okay. too. I'll, I'll tell you which one. Okay. Um, what do we have next? Okay. Executive. Oh, executive. Yep. Okay. So, um, you know, <laughs> I have some funny examples of my, this might not apply to everybody, but the, the woman that edit, was editing this book for me, she was a, an executive and she said it was in her thirties that she realized that carrying a first aid kit. Now she didn't have any children. Um, that carrying a first aid kit with her everywhere she goes as an adult was not something that everybody did. And <laughs> she just did it in case, you know, so she could be prepared in case anybody around her ever needed it, you know, because mm -hmm. that was made sense to her. I have four kids. I don't even have a band. I couldn't even find a band aid in my house right now if I tried. So I'm not an executive. Not even, though in. even though I'm very good at organize, so organizing and the things I'll tell you about executives, it doesn't mean that you don't have pieces of all of these things. I think as mm -hmm. busy moms, as entrepreneur moms, as you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, characteristics of each of these that you're going to identify with for sure. But there's one where like it's kind of so far over the edge that maybe it's hurting some area of your life. And that's where I want to get you the support you need. Mm-hmm. And the last one is visionary. So um, one of the things I say about visionaries is you might already have pictured, you know, yourself on the cover of Forbes, you know, with maybe different types of titles underneath of what huge, amazing accomplishment you have made. And so if that's something that brings a smile to your face, like you think that would be one of the most awesome things is to be on the cover of Forbes, you might be a visionary. Okay. I'm going to tell you which one I am. Okay. I did take the test. And then after you explaining it, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, so I'm a fighter, mm. but I, ha I have to say, after you explain them, I probably have a side of dynamo. <laughs> and a side of dynamo. I love yeah. it. A fighter with the side of dynamo. Okay. You want me to start with those two and, and sure. dig in a little bit? Yeah, that'd be great. So fighters, like I, like I mentioned, tend to, you know, move toward conflict, toward injustice. They tend to be natural survivors, identify themselves as tough, as fighters, as survivors, um, and as protectors. And often this comes from a feeling during their childhood where they needed to become their own protector for whatever reason. Um, 
it could be, you know, crazy, real, like hardcore, you know, trauma situations where, you know, the, the people that were meant to care for you were not caring for you in a way that felt safe. And you learned to take on that role yourself. And so now as an adult, you know, standing idly by is just not something that is, feels comfortable at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you tend to move toward conflict, be very comfortable in the chaos, in the fighting, in that, you know, it can kind of energize you. And so the question for fighters is often, you know, is this serving all the areas of your life? Because often you can have, you know, find financial ups and downs, big financial ups and downs, big relationship ups and downs, big friendship ups and downs. And that can be exhausting after a while. So some of the strategies I have for fighters include things, you know, um, kind of from, I want to say like both on the therapeutic side, like kind of some inner child work, inner child meditations and things like that. Some reparenting kind of practices that you can do yourself. Um, now I always say, if it's severe stuff that you're dealing with, then please always seek an expert. Like this is not in lieu of, you know, major expert care. Um, and then on the practical side of it, how do you learn to make it a conscious choice? So like, instead of just feeling pulled to the drama, like mm -hmm. how do you sit back and say, okay, is this something I have the bandwidth for? Is this something I'm interested in choosing to do right now? Or do I want to skip this fight? Do I want to mm -hmm. skip this one? Because you know what? I've got a lot of other stuff going on right now. And I and I am exhausted and I haven't been sleeping well. And so I want some calm and some peace. And, you know, the life lesson then for, for fighters is often, you know, feeling calm and, and safe and happy in the healthy relationships in the calm world in the like oh my finances are great like feeling settled even when things are calm so like what can trigger a fighter as opposed to the others and i've, I've never started with fighter in my description so this is, <laughs> this is fun um but you know what might trigger a lover or a, a dynamo um you know a fighter is like yeah let me at it i got this you know, mm -hmm. um, and what tri what might trigger a fighter is everything's like quiet, everything's calm, everybody's happy and healthy. Like that could be very unsettling because you're just waiting. You'd rather just know what's going to happen because something's going to happen and you want to be ready for it. You don't want to have your defenses down. That's kind of yeah. an extreme example. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting what you're saying because um, I almost wonder is like, what a healthy fighter looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. Yeah. Because I've done a lot of self work, yes. I should say. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a lover of these self help books like you. We probably should go out for coffee because we yeah. have a lot of fun. So I love that. So I've done so much work. So some of the stuff that you're saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see that in the past. But now I'm probably much more of that calm. I Beautiful. feel calm and safe. Like I've done so much inner work. And I think like when there's something that comes up, like whether it's a financial thing that I'm like, I, I can see myself coming up and going, I got this. I'll take care of it. I got it. I got it down, you know, yeah. but it's not in a way that feels uncomfortable. It's just, it's, it's still calm. I just got it together. And I right. also used to have to know everything that was going to happen or, you know, a change of plan would kill me when I uh -huh. say kill me, like kill me, break down. Yeah. But now, once again, now I'm much more living in the moment. So yeah. yeah. Is that a healthy fighter? Yes. I mean, it really does sound like it. And I think fighters, like, you know, there are some amazing, amazing qualities and very healthy things that fighters have. And so it's just a matter of checking in if and when it is not serving you, how can you, what strategies are good and helpful to you? And so choosing, okay, whether or not I want to skip this fight, that's a good one. Being self-aware, doing the inner child work, doing all the work that you've already done. And also sometimes, you know, if you're feeling like a little bored, like a little like, oh, mm -hmm. life is kind of too smooth right now, then it's, you know, what can you choose that will add that? Okay, well, I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to learn a new language or I'm going to, you know, um, sign up for a sprint marathon, you know, like mm -hmm. add, add those challenges to your life in a, in a healthy, purposeful way 
Mm-hmm. Um, where you can still get that kind of like adrenaline rush of like learning something new, challenging yourself, um, where it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. And it's so funny you mentioned both of those things because, yeah. right, I started a podcast. Why? Because I was trying to help moms during the COVID time to connect, mm-hmm. right? So there I'm like fighting for somebody else. But yeah, Beautiful. starting something new and being excited about something new. And yes, I've run four marathons. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yep. Funny, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, should I skip to another one? Yeah, how about that dynamo? Because I have a side of dynamo. Okay, so with the side of dynamo, I am a dynamo. Dynamos are most driven by their need to accomplish, right? So they're also very driven by this wanting to feel um, respected and acknowledged for their actions, for their work. Um, and so it's it's about shifting. So kind of one of the core things that I talk about with with um, dynamos is shifting from, you know, doing all of these things, which are always going to be very active doers, um, but doing them out of the joy of doing them and not out of proving your value. Mm -hmm. So meaning learning the lesson of you are already valuable. You're already great. You, you are enough already, regardless of what you accomplish. Now, you're going to keep accomplishing things because it brings you joy, and that's wonderful, but it's not making you more worthy as a person. You are already worthy as a person. Does that make sense? Totally, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So with dynamos, I talk a lot about like, you know, a lot of the strategies include, because dynamos can be very in their head and very forward thinking, you know, meaning in not in the present moment. (laughs) And so the strategies that can be really helpful to dynamos are getting back into their bodies, getting into the present moment, doing, um, you know, kind of breathing exercises and meditations that can quiet their mind a little bit, be in receiving mode instead of always doing, doing, going, 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 you know. Um, and that can be really helpful. The other thing that's really helpful for dynamos is to acknowledge the wins you've already had, Mm -hmm. because often there is, you know, you accomplish something and then you're immediately jumping off to the next goal Mm -hmm. without really taking much time or energy to acknowledge and celebrate what you just accomplished which is probably amazing. You're a dynamo. So what have you found to be your best strategy to use? So I I love to, part of why my books have so many strategies in them is that I like to try them all. And so like I'll do something for two or three months and then I switch it up and try something new. So right now I have another dynamo friend who is not a mother. She's in a very different field. She's in the financial world, but we're both dynamos. And so every night on WhatsApp, we leave each other messages celebrating three wins or things that we're proud of. And it's so funny because we've been doing this for a couple months now. And she left me her message last night. She was like, okay, so I did this and I closed this big thing. And she left it off like, three or four really amazing things, but she kind of was just like listing them off quickly. And I said, okay, I think we've become so robotic in this. We're not really feeling like we're not really getting into the emotions of it and slowing down and like really feeling proud of ourselves about it. Um, So we might need to switch it up a little bit because, you know, before the thing was, I couldn't even think of anything. I would go to leave my message and I would say, I don't know, like, you know, and then I would, you know, I would think, oh, there's not anything. And then when I took a few more moments, of course, I came up with a bunch of things that I had accomplished or that I was proud of for that day. And so that was really good. Now I'm better at that, but it's really, instead of just listing them off, like really taking the time to slow down and say, that's pretty cool that that happened. Like, wow, Mm -hmm. that feels good. Like, that's amazing. That's special. That's interesting. Whatever, you know, bring some emotion to it and some pause. So that's what I've been doing. And then I also have a daily meditation practice every morning and every night that's priceless and, you know, really, really changed my life. Yeah. So I think celebrating is what you were missing, right? Mm-hmm. The extra celebration. Of right. The we were doing the acknowledging part, but not the <laughs> celebrating. 
Yes. We lost that part. So we got to add that back in. Yeah, perfect. That's perfect. I love that. What about visionary? Okay, so visionaries, like you would imagine from the word, is they're very forward thinking in a big dream, big impact sort of way. And what can cause anxiety and frustration for a lot of visionaries is to have that feeling of like, I know I was meant to do something really big here, but I just don't know what it is yet. That can be very frustrating. Or, you know, I know what it is, but I I don't have any bandwidth to even think about it, brainstorm about it, do anything in that direction. That can be very anxiety provoking. Or I know what it is, I'm doing these things and it's driving me nuts seeing all these other people doing what I'm trying to do. <laughs> You know, like I see these other people and they have what I have and they, you know, they're already accomplishing what I want to accomplish. And I think with moms, especially, especially visionary moms can get frustrated because say you have a lover mom, best friend who says like, Lisa, like, you know, you still have two kids at home. It's, they're going to be gone in a couple more years. Just like enjoy this time with them. (laughs) Like just chill out. Like it's, that'll come. You're going to that is not the best thing to say to a visionary. They're not going to feel like you get them at all, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had friends um, when I was younger and had all my kids were little um, that said, you know, what are you like? Why are you wanting to do something else? Like you have four little kids at home. Like, don't you have your hands full already? Why don't you just focus on that? Um, And so not only did that not help me, I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel understood. And now I felt crappy about not being completely satiated with mm-hmm. my sweet, wonderful, amazing kids. And so really understanding somebody's anxiety style will help you support them better too. Because if, you know, we're normally like the love languages, we're speaking our own language mm-hmm. and thinking that we're being so helpful. <laughs> and right. sometimes, sometimes not so much. Right. You usually give what you are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so visionaries, you know, the goal for visionaries or the strategies are, you know, a celebrating, you know, the amazing qualities that you have and asking yourself where in my life is maybe this hurting me, my friendships or my partnerships, or, you know, maybe I'm, I, my partner is a lover and, you know, they're just wanting to really connect with me and and feel present and feel like I'm paying attention to them. And meanwhile, like I'm in la la land over here, just dreaming up my mm-hmm. my big vision. And so we're we're feeling disconnected from one another. And I'm not feeling supported because, you know, she just wants to talk about my day. And I don't want to talk about my day. I want to talk about or I don't want to talk about her day. I want to talk about like this big plan I have for, you know, reinventing the the way we do education in the United States. And that's what I want to do. And, and, you know, why don't we want to talk? Why don't you want to talk about that all day with me? <laughs> yes. And I have this, this lives in my house. I, I guarantee my husband's a visionary. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of visions he has about living on a yacht somewhere yeah. Out in Europe, <laughs> traveling yeah. the world. And I, all I can think of is, dude, I get seasick. Like, I don't want to be on that yacht um, or right. anything like that. I don't even understand his vision. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so it's like a constant back and forth. So it's actually very, very funny. It's, yeah. You know, and yeah. the thing with visionaries, too, is unlike dynamos, unless they're, you know, close neck and neck, is they're not always concerned or able to see like the the steps from A to Z. (laughs) They're like, they're jumping straight to the Z, right? Yeah. And so, and they're more gut oriented and they kind of make decisions based on their instinct. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes that works. I mean, there's a lot of visionaries that are living on those yachts now. So, but they often will have people around them that are executives and dynamos that are getting all the little, taking care of all the minutiae, all the Mm -hmm. steps in between A and Z. Right, exactly. Or even as a fighter, I'm like, oh, I got a problem solve this. <laughs> like, I have to fix this or do this. And yes. I'm like, I'm kind of like, how do I get to a yacht? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to be on a yacht. You know, like, so it's very funny. Um, and, and we do joke about it. But now we can maybe have a different conversation after yeah. this one. So yeah, definitely. And what, what I'll tell visionaries is, you know, and I'll use I'll use a yacht example since you gave me that is, you know, do you want to be on your 
huge fancy yacht off the coast of Greece, um, you know, sipping champagne and eating, you know, whatever fresh seafood by yourself. <laughs> or and that sounds mean but or with all the you know people you care about mm. also and if it's all the people you care about also is your answer then there are things you can do to help people feel like you understand them just as much as you want them to support your grand vision and mm. by doing that by really really investing in those loved ones in a way that serves them you're going to be far more likely to have other people on that boat with you that's a great way. I'm going to use that actually. Next next vision he has. It say changes. It, say it nicely. <laughs> oh, I will. I, okay, will. Okay. I mean, I love my husband. He's <laughs> fabulous. And I happen to love, like I always called him a dreamer, you know, like that's yeah. the way, but you're putting it as a visionary. And I think of him as a dreamer because for me for so long, it was really hard to dream, mm-hmm. you know, because I was so practical. Yes. Um, and so it was nice to have somebody around you that does dream because, right. you know, whether it's going to come true or not, it's just nice to know how to dream because I had to learn. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, my husband has a lot of lover qualities and, and he is very good at appreciating the moment. So I can hop into lovers here as I'm going to start explaining mm-hmm. it. But, you know, lovers are very um, driven by their relationships with the people that they care about most in their life. Now, most of us listening to this are going to say, okay, well, I care most about my family, you know, but, you know, you know, they're driven by their relationships and feeling wanted, feeling like they belong, feeling like they are liked. Um, And so, but they're the ones that, you know, if they see that picture on the internet of their friends, they can kind of go down the the rabbit hole of assumptions. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but some of the beautiful qualities about lovers is that they really, they're very loyal. They're very um, caring. They're very uh, attuned to the emotional states of the people around them, right? They've really noticed all of those things. They're very much in the present moment with you, you know, mm-hmm. very aware. So my husband will be like, oh my gosh, this it's a beautiful sunset out. The sun just came out. Like, let's all stop what we're doing and like get in the car and go to the beach. You know, we live fairly close to the beach. We should take advantage of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my gut reaction, I would, I would be like, oh, I'd look out the window. That's beautiful. And then I would like go right back to my project, <laughs> you know? Yes. And so, you know, I kind of internally will be like, oh, I don't want to. And then I'll go and be so happy that I did because it helps me slow down and really be in my body, be in the present moment and enjoy, you know, whatever it is, the sunset or, you know, dinner or, you know, something that I normally wouldn't slow down with, you know, he also has a lot of dynamo traits as well. So it's, it's a nice balance. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I can see though, that you just looking out the window and going about your day, you know, Mm -hmm. would actually be very hurtful for him. Oh not, yeah. If I was like, I'm going to pass, you guys mm-hmm. go, go ahead. I'll, I'll yep. just go next time. I'm, I'm almost done with this project. Yeah. That could be really, that could be a big bummer for people. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister's also a lover and she'll say, you know, I was interviewing her as I was writing the book and she said, you know, Oh, one of her big triggers is coming home to an empty house. Mm. And I was like, Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I also have like a little, like, um, like a graph almost in the book of like the same situation. Here's how each of the five styles is likely, obviously everybody's different, but to react. So like, you know, a whole weekend by yourself in the house, you know, lovers are going to react very differently to visionaries or dynamos, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, all of these things, good news or bad news, or, you know, it might be great news for one person and, not great news for the other person. Um, executives, for instance. So executives are very driven by their need to feel emotionally safe. And they often do that by organizing, planning, um, looking ahead. They're very dependable. Uh, they know what's happening. Um, you know, like my friend with the first aid kit, right? She's mm-hmm. an executive and, you know, very organized. And, you know, that's what helps them feel safe. So, if, you know, a lover or a visionary comes home and says like, oh my gosh, like we just got free tickets to this concert tonight. Like, let's get dressed. Let's get in the car. You know, like executives are like, hold up. Wait a second. <laughs> you know, Sarah has soccer practice. Like 
you know, Cameron has finals tomorrow. They just, you know, like we, I just finished putting dinner out. Like what, mm -hmm. uh, we can't just throw on our shoes and hop in the car, mm -hmm. you know? And so if, if, if the visionary on their way home knows, okay, this is going to throw the whole evening off, but I still think that everybody will have a good time. So what can I do? How can I present this in a way that's a little bit softer and, you know, know that this isn't necessarily quote, good news for everybody. I feel like all moms, like that, maybe not all moms, but a lot of moms probably become an executive <laughs> during the yeah. mommy years because they're, there's so much to keep mm -hmm. accountability of, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and just switching that one nap or something like that. I mean, I know there are parents that have no problem doing that, but I think for the most part, it's like, oh my God, the schedule is off, you know, like, oh no, now what do I do? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think when you have kids that really react poorly to changes in schedule, then you very quickly get serious mm -hmm. about it because it's just not worth messing up the nap. Mm -hmm. um, however, if you have kids that are more go with the flow and, you know, I've had kids sure. that are all sorts of different ways. Um, and so, you know, it depends on which kid in my house, you know, which results, you know, who might be most unsettled and, and how strict we want to be with, with the schedule. So I know which kids I need to let know ahead of time hey, okay, here's what's happening. Like, here's the plan. Oh, wait, this just got changed. Instead of going at six, we're going to go at eight. So, you know, you probably want to make sure that you eat something, you know, mm -hmm. before like five o'clock because we'll be leaving. Yeah. Um, and then other kids who I know I can say like, hey, go ahead, throw your shoes on. We're leaving. And they'll be like, where we're we going again? You know? <laughs> and yeah, they just go with the flow. And they're fine with it. So, yeah. you know, it, it depends on the kid. But I do think like what you said is like anybody, we're, uh, we're impacted by our environment. So if we're taught by our child's disposition over and over again, that, you know, changes to the schedule are going to wreak havoc on their emotional state then, you know, we, we pretty quickly realize like, it's not worth, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, like my husband's the visionary. And if he came home, like, let's just go take a drive. And it's like nighttime. And yeah. My kids are ready to go to bed. Um, and I know, like, it's not going to go well, because my kids are, we're not that easygoing, you know, they're great kids, but they mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily go with the flow, you know. Mm -hmm. And but one other way we did it was like, okay, let's put them in the car. It's a blow up, right? Everyone's crying. It's awful. <laughs> and then my husband learns and says, yeah. Maybe won't do that next time. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not so much. Yeah. 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 That's smart. Super smart. Okay. Maybe tell us a little bit about where your website is and how they can find you in this book. Yeah, definitely. So the, the quiz is at flourishquiz.com. And then, um, and then if you go to my website and you pop in like, um, well go, then go order the book and the book's available. It's called the unflustered mom and it's available anywhere online books are sold. And bookshops as well. And uh, so, you know, target.com, amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, bookshop.org, if you prefer um, independent bookstores, if you're in Canada, Indigo Books. So it's all over the place. It's also on Audible. So if you prefer to listen to your books, um, I had a blast recording it. Mm -hmm. And so it's on Audible as well. And another fun part is that if you go to my website, which is just my name, ambertrueblood.com, and you go ahead and click your anxiety style and you put in your email address, I'll send you a bunch of bonus materials that are specific to your anxiety style. So as a fighter, you'll get a guided meditation for fighters, a guided mantra practice specifically for fighters, a bunch of like PDF downloads, um, stuff about how to improve your sleep. Um, so a bunch of my favorite things as well um, will show up right in your inbox. Oh, I love that. So there's also something I talk about in the book that are called super senses. I talk oh, about motivational yes. styles. I talk about how to implement the strategies that you choose and, and all of those types of things. So this is a lot. Of, it's like a resource guide, right? There's a lot of meat in there. Um, but the super senses are something that um, it's simple. I also have a, a it's called sup, the supersensequiz.com um, mm. as well. So actually, I don't think there's a the, it's just supersensequiz. Um, and that's a, sh a slightly shorter quiz um, that will tell you, and I do recommend you take it because I would have sworn that I'm an auditory person mm. because my house is really loud and I am constantly asking people to 
be quiet. But I was a jewel, super sensor. When I read my own like strategies, I was like, oh yeah, those, those are what helped me the most. So depending on what sense you are kind of more attuned to, more triggered by, and also more refueled by. So your super sense is one that is both you're, you're more sensitive to on the kind of negative side. And you, it's also going to be where you want to go to refuel yourself emotionally. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, so as like a visual super sensor, you know, when I see clutter everywhere, right. Dirty socks, literally like in the front yard in the backyard in the cars, mm-hmm. like socks everywhere. Um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to heighten my anxiety and feelings of frustration. And, when I see beautiful sunsets, when I see the sun and the blue sky, when I, um, you know, look and like I, I love to draw. So when I'm drawing something beautiful, um, that's very soothing to me. So the strategy, some of the strategies I have were, you know, I always have laundry on my couch. So I will either, if it's, if like the kids are all at school and there's still a bunch of laundry on the couch, I will take not even 10 minutes in the morning and I will either cover the laundry with like a big, like neutral colored blanket, or I'll put it back in the laundry baskets and like kind of push it behind the couch. So it's out Mm. of sight. (laughs) And there's like two counters that I'll clean off. Now, if I start to clean everything, I'll be doing it until it's time to pick them up from school. Like literally it could take, it would take all day. So I just pick my battles, right? I choose the things that I'm going to be seeing most often during the day. And that's what I clear the clutter from. And I just minimize the, um, the stimuli that's coming on through my visual field. Mm, and so the same example. works for each, each mm-hmm. one. And when you take the super sense quiz, the, there'll be, I think there's three strategies at the end of every, you know, when you get your results and they're just like right there so you can get them. So for instance, if you're a super smeller, like I have, I just reached over cause there's a, what it's called cashmere and cocoa like candle. And so People who are super smellers, if you have a scent that you love and you just want to like calm your nervous system, you can just take off the cap and you just just close your eyes and take a few deep breaths, inhaling. So a lot of super smellers will have, um, you know, candles or scented lotions or, you know, um, even those essential oils, you know, that you can you can smell. So citrus or lavender or eucalyptus that you can use both to kind of energize yourself or to calm yourself. Mm. Um, if you're an auditor, you're going to want to have playlists, you know, at the ready or ask friends like, hey, do you have any playlists you love? I tend to ask people, you know, ask somebody who is about your age, who, um, you know, had that same kind of music taste in your late teens and early <laughs> 20s, because mm-hmm. those will be the tunes that are going to be most likely to elicit a real visceral reaction from you. Um, and get you either really excited and really energized or really calm or just really kind of happy and, you know, and super tasters, you know, you're going to want to have like a toothbrush and toothpaste with you at all time or mints or gum in case you have a, like not a good taste in your mouth. Right. Um, and so, you know, you might want to have like your favorite coffee creamer Mm. always like at the ready because it makes all the difference in the world when you get to add it to your coffee. You know, other people are like, whatever, I'll take whatever coffee. You always meet, you know, you know the people that are like, oh, I have to have my special like coffee creamer or my special brand of coffee. It means it makes a big difference to them. They are noticing it and it brings a lot of joy when it's good, right? When Mm -hmm. they enjoy it. So super senses are something I also recommend to people as just a way to remind yourself, oh, wow, I am, I am really more of an auditory person. What's one or two things that I can do that are going to really either help to soothe me when I'm feeling, you know, stimulated or overstimulated or anxious? And what are things that when I need kind of an energizing boost, I can use that, that are related to my auditory super sense? And this seems so easy to like have and do. It's so just, simple. Yeah. Super so, simple. And things that you can even have with you, which is mm-hmm. so nice. Yeah. I could see myself wanting to smell or listen to music. That sounds like just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you told me to remind you about life lessons. 
Oh, okay. And we did do, we did them. Let me see if we oh, did them okay. for all of them because let's see. So the Dynamo's life lesson is to feel, know that they are enough regardless of their accomplishments, right? Um, the lovers are, their goal, their kind of life lesson is to seek that love, that sense of belonging, that sense of, um, of, of feeling wanted and loved and liked from within and not from without always. So what happens with lovers is often like their self-value goes up and down and up and down depending on how much they are perceiving that the people around them care about them and love them and like them, right? So mm -hmm. how do we have that be more internal than externally based? Yep. This is a conversation I have with my family every day. <laughs> yeah. So and it's important. hard. It's so important. Yeah. It's hard. It's a, it's a, it's a good, but hard lesson, mm -hmm. um, for, for many people. Um, fighters are about how do I become, and this is what sounds like you've done through all the work that you've done is how do I become comfortable in the ease, in the joy, in the love, in the healthy environments how do I accept that and learn to be comfortable and feel worthy of mm -hmm. the joy, you know, financial abundance, love, consistency, you know, all of those things. Um, let's see what else we have. Um, for executives, it's about checking in and asking, you know, am I safer emotionally now than maybe I was as a child than I felt as a child? And maybe I can learn to feel safe regardless of how much planning I do, how much organizing, how much control I have over a given situation. Maybe I can feel good and safe regardless of doing all of that work around it. And then visionaries are really about how do I enjoy the journey along the way to my big dream or vision? Mm. Uh, because goodness. often it's like all or nothing. It's like, oh, this is my life and I wish I was on a yacht, you know, and it's this big jump between A to Z. And so it's like, okay, well, what if it takes you 15 years to get to that life on the yacht? Let's see how you can really enjoy every step along the way so that you're not waiting to be happy. Mm -hmm. You can be happy along the way. Ah, uh, yes. I love them. And I love seeing other people in my family in these roles, because I feel like now I can be more supportive on their path, mm -hmm. too. So I think this is really helpful. I'm so glad. So is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know? I mean, really, I want them to know to trust themselves, you know, trust yourself and be kind to yourself, because that's the first step. And and really being happy, I think, and being the type of mother that you want to be and the type of partner you want to be and the type of employee or boss or business owner that you want to be, you know, I think it's about trusting yourself and being kind to yourself and, you know, and understanding yourself better, which is what I hope the unflustered mom will, will help for your listeners. I'm sure it will. Well, thank you for teaching us so much about these five anxiety styles. I, I, I personally got a lot out of it. I, I really appreciate your time as well. This was really fun. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to find out your anxiety style, visit ambertrueblood.com and take the quiz. Your feedback is so important to us. So take a moment and rate and review this podcast on your favorite platform. And of course, share this episode with your friends.